the fifth day. God said, Let the waters abound with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of heaven. God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. The Gospel according to Matthew, the twenty-sixth chapter. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it. He gave to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup gave thanks, and gave to them, saying, All of you drink it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the remission of sins. But I tell you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on, until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, who has left unto us in a wonderful sacrament a memorial of your passion. Grant, we beseech you, that we may so use this sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. You, who live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen.
Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. God be merciful unto us, and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. The Old Testament lesson for Monday, Thursday is written in the twelfth chapter of Exodus, beginning at the first verse. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month you shall take to them every man a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too little for a lamb, then he and his neighbor next to his house shall take one according to the number of the souls. You shall make your count for the lamb according to what everyone can eat. Your lamb shall be without defect, a male, a year old. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at evening. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel on the houses in which they shall eat it. They shall eat the meat in that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread. They shall eat it with bitter herbs. Don't eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, with its head, its legs, and its inner parts. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, but that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. This is how you shall eat it, with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt in that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and animal. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood shall be to you for a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will be on you to destroy you when I strike the land. This day shall be a memorial for you. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. You shall keep it as a feast throughout your generations, by an ordinance forever. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Epistle is written in the eleventh chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, 
beginning at the 23rd verse. Brothers, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in memory of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in memory of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the Lord's cup in a way unworthy of the Lord will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy way eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he doesn't discern the Lord's body. For this cause many among you are weak and sickly, and not a few sleep. For if we discerned ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. But when we are judged, we are admonished by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the thirteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his time had come, that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he came from God and was going to God, arose from supper, and laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel and wrapped a towel around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Then he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, You don't know what I am doing now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, Someone who has bathed only needs to have his feet washed, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew him who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not clean. So when he had washed their feet, put his outer garment back on, and sat down again, he said to them, 
Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say so correctly, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight we gather to celebrate this day in Holy Week, which the Church for centuries has called Monday Thursday. Monday being another Latin term, this one meaning the day of the mandate, or better said in English possibly, the day of the commandment. On this day, we hear our Lord in the Epistle and the Gospel give two new commandments. The first is to eat his flesh and drink his blood, and then to do this in remembrance of me. And the second is to wash one another's feet after Jesus' example, which is to say, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now, for us Lutherans who boldly proclaim law and gospel, this can feel somewhat concerning sometimes. How are we, after all, to discern law and gospel when, right here, there are commands within this sacrament of the gospel? In the first reading, within the, within the sacrament of the altar. In the second reading, within the sacrament of baptism, before the supper. To understand what is happening, we first need to understand what is happening in the sacrifice that we receive at the altar and the covenant in which that sacrifice is made. So let us look at the idea of sacrifice. And it's not an idea well understood today. We understand the butchering of a cow or a lamb to put food into our deep freeze. But without the need to sacrifice animals over and over again or ever again, the concept of sacrifice can seem foreign to us. And with it, the idea of a covenant or testament can as well. Yet throughout the Old Testament stories, the covenants and sacrifices are all over the place and they're always together. For instance, in the fall, when God made the first promise or covenant of the Christ to Adam and Eve in Genesis, did you notice that right after that promise is made, there is a slaughtering of an animal to cover Adam and Eve's sin with the animal's skin. Something had to die to cover their sin. We see a covenant, a promise, and a sacrifice. And Adam and Eve are included in that promise by the sacrifice, by wearing that sacrifice. 
Then there was Noah. After the flood, God promised he would never destroy the earth again with another worldwide flood. And what followed this covenant? It was a sacrifice. And with that sacrifice, God told Noah and his descendants that they could now eat the meat of the sacrifice, but without the blood. Again, we see a covenant, a promise, and then a sacrifice together. And mankind was being included in that covenant by eating of the sacrifice that sealed the covenant, although without drinking the blood, eating but no drinking. Because, God said, the life of the animal was in the blood, so the people were told not to drink of it. We see this again with God's covenant with Abraham and the sacrifice of the bull split in two, and again at Mount Sinai with the law of Moses. Because with that came the promise that Israel would be God's people if they kept this old covenant. And with that covenant was the sacrificing of an animal. The blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled on the people and they ate the flesh. And by doing so, they entered into the covenant, into the promise. While the idea of covenant and sacrifice may be foreign to us, it was not foreign to the disciples who sat with Jesus in the upper room. At the Last Supper, they did probably understand that a covenant was being made and a sacrifice was being given. And that by that sacrifice, and the eating and drinking of that sacrifice, they were entering into a covenant with God and were entering into communion with Him. This then is a covenant and a sacrifice. A covenant is a promise or relationship which is, which is entered into by two or more parties. And a sacrifice was the manifestation of that covenant through the sacrifice of the animal's flesh and the shedding of that animal's blood, the shedding of its life. A life must be given. A sacrifice must be made for such a covenant. Yet, for a covenant to be made with God, two things were needed for the sacrifice to be valid. First, the sacrifice had to be pleasing to God and therefore accepted by him. In the Old Covenant, that meant the sacrifices had to be burned so that the smoke and the scent would rise up to God and that would be a sweet aroma accepted by him, making the, accept, making the sacrifice acceptable to him, just as he commanded them to do. And that had to happen while the blood was shed. And the second thing for the sacrifice to be valid was man had to participate or partake of the sacrifice. That is, man had to enter into the covenant by eating of the sacrifice, and so that made that a sacred eating. So the disciples noted this in the new covenant that Jesus was making. These were elements that they were familiar with, with covenants and sacrifices. Our Lord was giving of himself as the complete and perfect sacrifice, for during his sacrifice, his prayers of the Psalter reached our Lord in heaven. And then there was the eating and drinking that made the disciples a part of that covenant. So what the disciples saw in that upper room on this night were two very clear things. First, that our Lord was offering a sacrifice to God, which was his own flesh and blood. And second, that the shedding of his blood was the creating of a new covenant. And yet... This covenant was unlike anything they had ever seen before. They were familiar with covenants and with sacrifices, but this covenant and this sacrifice, what was happening here, was completely new. 
For instance, in the Old Covenant, man brought his sacrifices to God. Man was acting. He was bringing something to God. But in this New Covenant, the Son of God alone brings and offers the sacrifice of himself. The Son of God gives himself as the sacrifice. Man's part in this New Covenant is now completely passive. He brings nothing to it. The Son of God brings it all. Along with that, in the Old Covenant, man partook in the sacrifice only in part. That is, man entered into and partook of the covenant by eating only the flesh of the sacrifice. Because again, God commanded mankind over and over again not to drink the blood of the sacrifice, because the life of the animal was in the blood. And the life of the animal was not what would give man life. To drink the blood would be to drink a lie. Many pagan religions believed that by drinking the blood of their animal sacrifices, they could take on the life and powers of the animal whose blood they drank. So by drinking the blood of a bull, for instance, they thought they'd receive the life and strength of a bull, and so on. And thus, they thought they could have their life extended by those powers. They thought they could have a temporal defeat over death and weakness by the blood of an animal. But that's not so. And it wasn't so under the Old Covenant. The life of the animal clearly could not defeat death. It could not cover sin. And that shows that the sacrifices under the Old Covenant were themselves, they were incomplete. And the partaking of the sacrifice only in part by eating, eating alone was not enough. It showed that these animal sacrifices only clung to and pointed towards what had to come as a more perfect sacrifice. It pointed to a communion which was not yet here. It showed that there was also a new and better covenant which was to come. Tonight, we celebrate that more perfect, complete, and eternal sacrifice of which we will partake in a moment here in the church. Because tonight... You don't receive our Lord's sacrifice only in part, but you will receive it as the whole sacrifice, his flesh and blood, and the eternal life which is in that blood is yours. This is why it is scandalous to ever take away the chalice from the laity, because our Lord commands us to drink his blood. The sacrifice is made when the blood and the body are separated, and the whole sacrifice is received by eating and drinking. To receive his eternal life and the blood with your lips, that's why we give you the cup. That Christ tells us to eat and drink shows that what we receive here tonight is a newer, higher, and better covenant in the more perfect, complete, and eternal sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who offered this eternal sacrifice once and for all to the Father on the cross. And because this is the perfect, complete, and eternal sacrifice that we receive, it means that the sacrifices of the Old Covenant, they are all abolished. We don't need another sacrifice. This was the once-for-all atonement, the once-for-all sacrifice, showing that we receive something much, much greater here at this altar. So, before you come and partake, meditate and discern what all this means about what you are going to receive. As God brings the sacrifice, as the Son of God offered himself up as the sacrifice, as our Lord gives you the whole sacrifice, 
as he tells you to eat and drink. All of this means that what you receive here is not just a sacrifice. It's also a sacrament, a great mystery into which we eat and drink, a great mystery in which we are forgiven and in which we now live, a great mystery which seals the promise of the sacrifice, which is the resurrection itself. What we receive is a great sacrament where God alone acts towards man, acts towards us. We are entirely passive. This great sacrifice, where the sacrifice was given once and for all, where both God and man receive the sacrifice of Christ crucified, and where God and man are both in this covenant. It shows that we are in communion with God by the flesh and blood of the Son of God. All this is yours. It's ours when we eat and drink. And as we eat and drink, we come into communion with God and each other, where our sins are forgiven, where eternal life, which was shed for us, meets our lips. This is the sacrifice of our Lord, which was given once and for all. This is the sacrament which God gives and that we receive. This is the new covenant shed in his blood. This is eternal life in the cup. In this gospel covenant, in this New Testament, the New Testament of the cup, there are two mandates that we hear about tonight, or two commands. One is, do this in remembrance of me. The other is, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Wash each other's feet, Christ says. So again, how are we to understand these as we come to take this beautiful sacrament? Well, we understand it in that when the gospel demands us have faith, it also offers and gives us faith in the very same breath. Whatever the gospel demands, it also gives. So Christ says, do this in remembrance of me. Notice what our Lord tells Peter. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Yet our Lord has washed you in the waters of baptism. You are bathed by him, cleansed by him, so that now you need only your feet washed. That is, you need to have your feet continuously washed in the river of baptism by living always in repentance, always being cleansed by the Spirit in Christ's forgiveness. And that's what we do. Every week, we look at the mirror of the Ten Commandments. We recognize our sins. We know that we are sinners, and we repent. Then every week, our Lord absolves us. He cleanses our feet and bids us to take our share of him here at this altar, to share in the bread and the cup as we partake in the new covenant for the forgiveness of our sins by receiving the whole sacrifice of his flesh and blood. That's what it is to eat worthily, to do this in remembrance of him. It is to be washed by our Lord in baptism, to come to the altar with our feet washed and our sins absolved as we recognize the flesh given for us and the life eternal of the blood that we drink. That's to eat worthily. This gospel tells us to do this in remembrance of him as it gives us his flesh and blood in remembrance of his perfect, complete sacrifice. What the gospel demands, it gives in full. 
And then Jesus also tells us tonight, you also ought to wash one another's feet, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Notice that our Lord tells us to do this not for our eternal salvation, because by dying for us, cleansing us, washing our feet, giving us his body and blood to eat, he has already fulfilled the law for us and won salvation for us and given it to us. Rather, having already loved us and given his flesh and blood, he is telling us that this is our new nature in the gospel, that this new nature will show others that we are his disciples. Our new nature is one of loving each other in self-sacrifice as our Lord loved us. Our new nature is washing each other's feet, and that is forgiving one another's sins in the church and being eager to forgive one another. To be perfect as our Father is perfect by Christ's forgiveness. As well as being eager to serve one another in each other's needs. Again, none of this is for our salvation. But Christ tells us to do this to receive our new nature which we receive from him in his sacrament. For the way we will be known as his disciples is by his forgiveness which we give to one another. His love that we receive from him and that we share together. So tonight, come eat our Lord's flesh. Come drink our Lord's blood. Come receive the whole and perfect sacrifice. Be in the new and higher covenant as you partake and eat and drink. Come receive what God has prepared for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, which same he did bless, and he brake it, and gave thereof to his disciples. Jesus took the bread, which same he did bless, and he brake it, and gave thereof to his disciples. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness. And let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. 
Feed them also, and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out mine iniquities. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Christ, for our sakes, became obedient unto death. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our evil way and live. We come before you, although we have sinned and deserve only your wrath. Yet we flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus our Lord, who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. Lord, grant that we may ever thus believe and never waver. Grant that in such faith 
we may worthily come to your altar to eat the very body and drink the true blood, which your Son has given for our redemption. In thanksgiving, remember and proclaim the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we place our trust. Until his return, graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Many bowls have compassed me. Strong bowls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths, as a ravening and a roaring lion. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the mist of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. The Lord hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. The Lord hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. The Lord hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. The Lord hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. 
All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship, and they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him, it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this thing. The Lord hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted.